Welcome to Sidewalk Talk. I'm Steve Fortunato, I, uh, founder of Shovel the Sidewalk, a marketing firm in Buffalo, New York. And what we do at Shovel the Sidewalk is we tell stories. And uh, that's what we do at Sidewalk Talk, too. And today we have, this is uh, episode number two, Eric Poza. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate Copeland Technology Solutions. Um, yeah, no, this is great. Eric is a thought leader, and I thought he would be great to, to have on this show. Um, we have a lot of, uh, Eric is, uh, Copeland Technology Solutions is a client of Shovel the Sidewalk. We helped uh, rebrand them. In fact, we re-renamed re you. We can mm -hmm. get into that in a little bit. But um, Eric uh, is a deep thinker. And uh, he's got great stories. He's got a great story about his personal brand. He's got a great story about Copeland Technology Solutions. And the idea here of, of Sidewalk Talk is just to have a conversation. And um, if there's a nugget that somebody can take out of this, whether it's a success you had, a failure you had, a philosophy that you have, and they can take that nugget and implement it into their life, into their business, into whatever they're doing, then this is a success. So that's the idea here. There are no rules, um, and we'll just kind of have a chat. Great. So I think it is important, since we're at, we're at Copeland right now, is to talk about what you guys do. Um, the world of IT literally changes every day, mm -hmm. um, and you're on the cutting edge. Uh, but again, I work with you, and I don't get what you do. <laughs> So can you try to explain to us what services you guys provide and what it means for somebody out there? For sure, yeah. So we, to sum it up quickly, we help our, uh, our customers, small to medium business, leverage technology to improve their business. So whether that is um, software, hardware, mobile devices, um, you know, point of sale, we, we talk with our customers to help them grow their revenue, increase their market share, mitigate risk, cybersecurity risk, um, you know, improve their product, um, reduce their cycle times, so all different ways that you can leverage technology and integrate it with your business to, to improve it. So um, that's, that's where, where we come in. We're not just a bunch of, you know, nerds or geeks or whatever Some you want to call them. Some of you, you are we, a little we, bit. We kind of are a little yeah, bit. Huh? Uh, um, you know, nothing wrong with that. Um, but we're not just about you know the tech. We're not just about the the, um, the devices, the hardware, the software, the coding, and things like that. We're about business improvement, and that's really what it comes down to. And, and our the way in which we improve businesses, just like a um, you know someone in the dental industry improves a smile, he has his tools for that. We improve a business with technology, um, whatever that may be. So that's that's what we do. So. Um Jane Doe owns a, a small business. Um, she's just getting started. Is that when she contacts you, or how does how does that work? When does um, someone need you? Usually, there's kind of like a life cycle of, of technology services. Someone will start a business, or they'll they'll have someone they know who knows enough about it to kind of get them going. Um, I've started businesses before myself, so I know the first thing on my mind when when I started it up was not what technology am I going to use. It's how do I find and connect with people and get money. Mm -hmm. That's the that's the most important <laughs> thing. How do I get paid? Um, so so usually the life cycle goes. You get to a certain size, whether that be three to five or somewhere around there, or a certain amount of, of revenue as like a small business, where all of a sudden you're gonna you're gonna have to become more efficient. You're gonna have to compete. 
you're going to have to reach more people or you're going to have to improve your product in some way. Um, and then the thought should always be, how could I use some technology or leverage a technology to move my company forward, move this part of my business in the, in the right direction? So at that point is when we will have a conversation with somebody. Um, we'll, we'll help somebody get off the ground. If they have a quick mm -hmm. question, we'll, we'll help them. Um, but and, until we, we don't want to work with an organization that's just about get me the software, get me the hardware, and I'll take it from here. We need to be integrated with that company and helping that company. You so want to be a partner. I want to be part of that. Not a company. vendor. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to be a vendor. You want to be a partner. Yeah. 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 I know that's used a lot. Mm -hmm. um, but we, we truly have to because your IT spend should be part of your strategy. So you provide multiple services. What's, what's, the, what's the most important service that you provide? It depends on your business. It really does. Um, some, some people invest in technology to mitigate risk. Cybersecurity, which you know, that touches most that people. That would be everybody, right? It pretty much touches most people. But some people may say, hey, if someone takes my data, it's not really a big deal. Mm -hmm. um, some say, hey, if I get hacked, you know, it's, my information's up here. You know, it's, so it all depends. It affects most people. It affects most businesses. Um, some organizations want to look at operations first and say, listen, we, we, our, our ERP or our, our application we're using you know, should be better. Help us find a new provider or something like that. They may go to their product themselves. So if they may, they may you know, contract us to say, hey, Copeland, you know, our product isn't competing well. Um, it, it's, not, it's not one of the top three that are out there. We need to use technology to improve our, our product. Um, you know, how can you help us with that? You know, are we taking devices to, you know, um, to a desktop or to a, um, we're taking a mobile device to, to a place where we're testing things as opposed to writing down the information and, and transcribing it back when we get there uh, and, and losing some of the, the information in the way because of, you know, that, that translation. So there's lots of different ways that, that someone can leverage technology. It really depends on them. Most importantly is, uh, Cybersecurity, protection, and strategy. Those are those are three are the three things I'd focus on. Um, how are you going to spend your IT money? How are you going to spend money on on technology? How do you protect yourself on the cybersecurity and, and backup side of things? Let's talk about the sales part of it. Then um, you mentioned earlier when you had your own business. We'll get to in a second, but it's about revenue. Mm -hmm. um, I said right at the beginning. I, I work with you. I, I still can't comprehend everything you guys do. How do you sell that? What are you doing? What is your technique to, and people think of sales and selling like you're scamming people. No, how do you partner mm -hmm. with people? How do you become that partner? Uh, because obviously you provide, you've had clients for, you guys have been in business 40 years. You've had mm -hmm. clients a long time. So what is it that, that you're doing uh, to click with others? Is there, some, is there some kind of formula that you use that, that someone else listening or watching this on, on YouTube could say, oh, that's, I like that idea. Mm -hmm. I might try that. Mm -hmm. For us, I think it's it's um, we we used to kind of compete on price and things like that. Which you know, um, anyone who's in the service business, you know, mm -hmm. price is, is not where you want to go. Mm -hmm. It's like bottom six, mm -hmm. uh, one, you know, number six or number seven on the list. Um, for us, right out of the gates, it's it's developing the business case. You know, they're only gonna they're only gonna buy our services if we do one of five things. We, we incre increase their market share, um, we reduce costs, operational, operational costs, so they're able to do more with less, um, increasing margins. Um, 
increase the, the or, or decrease the cycle time. We can get more out the door faster. Um, improve their product or service in some way to be more competitive um, or mitigate risk. If we're not talking those five things, um, you know, we're going to have, we're going to have some challenges. We're going to be working side by side or competing side by side. We're not unique with our competitors. So out of the gates, we don't talk about ourselves. We understand the business case and we be quiet and we ask questions. And I think that's very important. It's very difficult for me to do. Yeah. I love to talk. Mm-hmm. Um, so being quiet and asking questions, talking to the, the PNL, talking to the operational costs, asking the questions. What does it cost your organization to be down? And taking someone through an exercise to teach them why this stuff is important. The sale after that, if we're a good fit, we, we want the opportunity. If we're not, we'll tell them. You know, If they're not going to invest in your technology, it's not a good fit for us. It will be butting heads. Uh, we're not afraid to recommend other partners or other providers that we have. Um, you know, going into it where making sure the person le- either leaves the, the conversation with direction that helps them or stays with us and we can help them. Identifying that right out of the gates is the most important thing for us. Yeah, I, I, it is cliche to say you got to be a good listener. Mm-hmm. I think it... it does come down to communication. Mm-hmm. So so many times it's 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 asking a question, okay, mm. um, and especially at the beginning of a relationship and in, in any relationship, it's like I don't really it, that, it's a tough thing to answer. I don't really know you well enough. Mm-hmm. So I find um, that sometimes, no, almost all the time, you have to ask the question and you got to get this answer so you could, it's a doctor can't just say here's some pills because your back hurts mm-hmm. the doctor has to figure out why why your back hurts right and what to do about that so you're finding pain points if i'm hearing you right you're finding pain points but a lot of times what i find is i have to ask that question i didn't really i got a partial answer because the trust isn't there yet mm-hmm. and so i ask the question in a different way and then in a different way, mm-hmm. and then in a different way. And if I don't have the proper answer, meaning I, I don't think I have all the knowledge yet, then I can't really make that suggestion. And sometimes when we go to, we, we're, we're still on board, those questions are continuous. Mm-hmm. So communication, a lot of times a relationship evolves, uh, or a partnership evolves, and it didn't really start that way. But over time, we became more comfortable with each other. The trust was built, so we're able to identify other pain points that we can help with. Does sure. that happen in your business too? Absolutely. You know, out of the gates, um, exactly to your point. You know, someone will say, "Hey, you know, I'm struggling because we can't um, get our get support to our team fast enough." Well, that's not really enough to drive a change in vendor. We're talking about a, a, a big deal to to shift to a different vendor or supplement someone who has an IT staff you know, in-house. That's a big transition. So asking that follow-up question, well, why is that important now? Mm-hmm. Or you know, what's causing this to be an issue now? You kind of got to get deeper and peel back the layers to get to the real, the real heart of things. It may be, listen, we're experiencing downtime. It's affecting our, our profit and loss. I mean, it's, bottom line is our customers are not happy with us. And we have to improve that. And our, and our CSRs are down two times a week. We can't print. And it's causing us to lose revenue. It's causing our invoicing not to go out. We're getting paid in longer terms. It's affecting our cash flow. So you, IT, there's IT challenges all over the place. Um, how they truly affect 
the core pieces of your business is where you got to get to. And then on the account management side, having semi-annual reviews, quarterly discussions, mm -hmm. including conversations in that contract to say, you know, Steve, you saw... Um, uh, you saw um, a new device on, on, you saw an advertisement for a new device. You know, I'm going to call my account manager and ask, hey, you know, what, what's up with this thing? Can it help us? Guess what? Yeah, let's have a conversation. We'll determine if it can or not. So there, we're, we're, as your business shifts, which it should, uh, the services we provide have to shift as well. You can't do that unless you're listening. And you, you can't do that unless you're asking questions. And communicating, we always say mm -hmm. clear, consistent communication yeah, because yeah. it's diff it's difficult to communicate right now especially with everyone getting bombarded with different messages and mm -hmm. different ways of and 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 communication has changed it's interesting mm -hmm. it's changed over time even now we can i just remember a few years ago well more than a few years ago but it was oh, like when that. someone sends an email <laughs> now we can just send an email like or almost like a text messaging like okay Mm -hmm. It used to have to be a little bit more formal. Or you can just, you're, you're messaging and you just hit a thumbs up. Yeah, right. So is that okay, yeah. we're good? Or is that okay on what yeah. I said? Like it's, it's um, that, that's something our organization struggles with as well. Um, we, we utilize some peer mentorship groups through Vistage and, mm -hmm. and we, we've had con consultants come in and help us with those things. And providing clarity and communication is, is one of our goals because we're accountable. Um, if we say we're going to do something, if it doesn't get done in the way it was perceived, it didn't get done. Right. And that's on us not to have clarity. You know, when did you want it? Oh, by end of day. Well, my end of day is 10 p.m. at night. Yeah. When's your end of day? Right. So that clear, to your point, that clarity is important. Yeah. All right. Let's, so this is your – talk to me about – where are you from? You where did you grow up? You're, right? You're, in, yep. you're an NT guy. Mm -hmm. uh, high school? Cardinal Hara. O'Hara guy, okay, mm -hmm. and then after that, Canisius College. All right, so and now you're married. Mm -hmm. How many kids? Three. But you're living in the South Towns. South Towns. Right. So you don't mind the snow, all right? It's shifted my thought on it over the time. I'm a big hockey guy, so right. Winter used to be big for me. Now it's become more of a burden when you got to dress the kids up in the the snow gear. How you, you like where the Sabers are going right now? I do. Yeah, I do. You, you just it's, it's fun to watch. Yeah. The most important thing is it's fun to watch. Um, they pass the eyeball test. Mm -hmm. Consistency, battling through injuries, long season. We'll see if they get. We'll yeah, see the, if they can be consistent. At the time of this recording, we're in late October. Uh, they're about 10, 11 games in. Mm -hmm. Do they have ten wins now? No, they lost in overtime. I think so they're, they're yeah, nine they're like wins. Nine, nine, yeah. nine, one and two or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but it, it is. It's a different. It's a different feel, isn't it? Yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting. I mean, at the, at, at the end of the day, it's entertainment. Mm -hmm. It's not very entertaining when you're losing. So now it, everybody's excited about it because it's fun to watch. What is it that you like so much about hockey? Why do you like that sport? I, 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 if I think back to when I started playing, I played goalie growing up. Mm -hmm. The amount of information processing that you have to develop to be a successful hockey player uh, is, is huge. You're taking in... Eyesight, observations, sound, feel. Um, the, the play is constantly moving at an ever-increasing pace. I, I think I, I really enjoy it because it, it kind of reflects on how I am during the rest of my day. I have a lot of things happening. I'm, 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 one of my strong suits is, is being able to prioritize and quickly put out fires or, 
or uh, make quick decisions, sometimes to a fault. But I strive under pressure, and I think hockey is part of that, which is why um, I like that sport. I, I, got, I played baseball in college, um, which is a little slower paced. Um, so I think soon I'll have to start working on slowing it down a little bit. But, but hockey definitely resonates with me. And just the speed and the, the, um, the tenacity of it you know, resonates with me. I think baseball is the ultimate thinking person's game. At the time of this recording, mm -hmm. we're getting ready for Game 7 of the World Series, which is incredible. The third baseman from the Nationals, what's his name, Cardone? Or, he's unbelievable. You watch all, yep. what I like, but he reminded me of Barry Sanders. I love Barry Sanders. First, he was great. Mm -hmm. um, when he'd score a touchdown, he'd, he'd, he'd give the ball, because mm -hmm. we're in such a society now of me, 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 me. Mm -hmm. I guess we always have been, but it's, just, it's just, just so much more obvious now than it was, just because we're so, there's so much more attention. You know, the 21-year-old the kid, that, he's incredible, left-handed hitter, what's his name, Soto from the Nationals, mm -hmm. it's a home run, beating his chest, all this stuff. This guy saves the day, just runs around the bases. You can't tell if he's excited or not. Mm -hmm. You know he's excited. And he's a true, he just seems like a mm -hmm. true pro. I, I, think just, that comes, I think that comes from preparation. I mean, yeah. in, in baseball, you're, you're always thinking, what if this happens, what if this happens? You're always planning. When you're at bat, you, you're planning. You're, you, you, you've worked this through your head many, many times, and, and you just meet this one moment of opportunity, and it's like, well, yeah, of course I succeeded. I've been playing this over and over That's in my right. head. That's the way it is. But your, um, but your point about everyone's me, me, me. I think, I think uh, it's always kind of been there in athletics, it, but I think it was always taboo. Like when, when it used to happen, it used to be a unique case, and you'd be like, oh, that guy's showboating, or he's cocky, or whatever. Now we've got social media, we've got all these different platforms as everyone is, is competing to look at you. And I think now it's just become part of life that everyone's competing for FaceTime. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about that because that, that affects people in business too. Is, um, I, I, you know, I don't want to sound like that old guy, but I am concerned about um, the future, uh, you know, for our kids. Mm -hmm. And what social media, um, I don't know, you just blame social media, but what's, what's going on with society right now? Mm -hmm. I worry they're gonna, going to be soft. And what I mean by soft, I mean like, um, just, they, it's like they know they have, when, when I wasn't invited to a party in eighth grade, I probably didn't know about it. Now, if they're not invited to a party in eighth grade, they know about it, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And it's like they've become more, uh, you know, uh, just more, uh, there's just so much more action going mm -hmm. on. They, they, get, they seem to be much more affected yeah, the, than, the, I don't know. Yeah, there's more visibility yeah. in, into what you either are or not doing. Um, I, I think about it a lot with the mental health of my kids. Yeah. It's, a, it's a big deal. It's a big, important deal. Um, I don't think we pay enough attention to it. I think the social media, they're now on, everyone's on display 24-7. Yeah. They don't have a break from being in the eyes of people around them. And not everybody is um, going to be as, as on the same page. Yeah. Um, and it gives other platforms for shaming and bullying and stuff like that. I worry about that. For sure, it's um, it's a it's a big concern because right now the kids are at a point now where 
they're just getting into schools and public schools and they're meeting new people and now there's cliques forming up until this point it's been us yeah what what are your what are the age of your kids uh we have twin girls who are turning seven next month mm. and then uh, my son is five yeah it's fun time it is a fun time isn't it yeah is it the greatest thing you, for me having kids my, my eight and six it's the most difficult and greatest thing i've ever done yeah, oh yeah it, it flips like that from mm -hmm. being the most difficult thing <laughs> to the most gratifying thing yeah. you can have a, a brawl with one of your kids over what we perceive to be the littlest thing in the world, they, yeah. they perceive to be the biggest, and then you're getting a, a hug 30 <laughs> minutes later, and it's like, yeah. well, that just changes things. So how do you balance? I mean, you, you've got a lot to do in business. Um, you've got a young family. Um, how do you, what's your secret to being able to, and you got a long drive? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, although in other markets it's nothing. But <laughs> you know, we come, we, yeah. yeah. But what is it? What are you doing to ensure uh, that that family stays strong? Because I know that's your number one priority. Um, it, it's it's not easy. Um, it's not what it looks like on Facebook from my Facebook feed. I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> we post the good stuff. No one no one yeah. posts the you know the, the look at the kid while they're crying, yeah. right? Um, it's a challenge. I think the most important thing is to be honest with, with um, you know, what you can and cannot do. Um, communication. And, and just making sure we understand, my wife and I understand, that what we say helps shape our children, but what we do is 70% of it. If, if we say one thing and show them something else, that, that's where they're going to learn. Um, and it's, it's not easy for me. I've, I've grown up always being very emotional. I make decisions quickly. Um, I elevate my emotions quickly. And for raising a child that's not, that's not always the best case, they don't respond very well. So, um, you know, there's a lot of soul searching to find, figure out what's most important. It's not about me. It's about them. And I got to change. So it's, it's tough. It, it's a never-lasting struggle, and it's just going to shift as they get older. But the good thing is, is... The chances we have to have good memories, we take advantage of that. We have to. Isn't I, I see a lot of what you were just saying. I could take a lot of that and implement it into business too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and in, in in being a leader that you are, and having people on board with you, mm -hmm. saying one thing is something, but do you? make it a point to make sure do you recognize as, that as a leader you need people to follow you and the way you get them to follow you is just by doing instead of saying oh yeah that that's a it's a very valid point we um it, it makes for a lot of uncomfortable situations a lot of um a lot of honesty in admitting of of, of um you know doing something wrong mistakes but if, if, um, if you're not demonstrating that and living it, your words are empty. Um, no, one, no, one, no, one's gonna, um, no one wants to imitate hypocrisy. Like no one wants to you know, say, hey, you know, I'm going to say I'm going to do something and not do it because he's a, you know, no one wants to imitate that behavior because we all know it's wrong. So when they see honesty, ownership, accountability, they, they, they want that. They want to see that. And that, that opens the door for, at the very minimum, communication um, and, and asking for help and, and those things that we need to have. Or else, who's going to want to work here? Um, 
who, who wants to work for somebody who, you know, do as I say, not as I do. That, that's, I, I feel like that's, um, that, that sort of leadership, that, that time has passed, whether right or wrong. Um, in the day, I think it was a little bit more, you know, hey, I'm, I'm your superior, go do it. I think now it's, hey, we're all on the same team here. Um, I'm going to show you the way. I'm going to show you how to do it. So um, it's important. It's very important. Talk about, speaking of leadership, Tom, Tom, and, and Gary Copeland, right? Mm -hmm. And well, you, you lost Gary in the last uh, couple year, of years year ago. Yeah. So uh, talk about how Copeland, I mean, you weren't even born yet. I was born two months okay. from when so Copeland you're 40 was now? formed. I'm 40 Are you 40? Oh, welcome to the club. Congratulations. So, so um, yeah, talk about Copeland's beginnings and, and, and the three guys and what, what, what they did for, for really to set the table yeah. for you guys. Yeah. I, I think, um, from my perspective, the biggest contribution from those three is, is setting a foundation of service. Um, I do love growth. I do love revenue. I love profits. Um, I love the numbers. But at the end of the day, if you're not serving people, the numbers will fluctuate more than you want or they won't show up. And there'll be ever-changing rollover in your customer base if you lose the focus of service. And we just had our 40th anniversary party at Thin Man, which was fantastic for us. And Tom Copet said the best. Um, you know, Gary and Tom started the business and it was all about service. It's about taking care of people as best as we can um, and putting the systems in place to, to be transparent and communicate with them. Have we done it the best way forever? Nobody's perfect, but that, that's been a base value. And that's what we believe, and we'll stick to that. We're, we're sincere in that conviction that we will serve the customers. Um, so uh, that, that, I think that's the biggest thing they brought because when we came in, for me, being a young, a young um, IT person, um, you know, passing college, I'll, I'll say that, I passed, which is great. Went to management information systems, understood technology. Um, I, I'm, I'm a very ones and zeros type person. So very right and wrong. Um, and and when, you, when you focus on service and communication and those things, it helps kind of bring down the conversation and the emotions. Um, I'm not you know, snapping on something. Well, why'd you do this? Why'd you do that? No, no, no. Service, you know, empathy, calm it down. And, and I think that's the biggest thing they brought. That's the biggest thing I've learned from, from their, their mentorship and leadership over, geez, 20 years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, think, I think of Tom and Tom, because those are the two I know. I, mm -hmm. I, never, I never knew Gary, but um, they're funny. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. They're a funny combo. I love having conversations oh, with the, the both of them. The, 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 the stories of, um, of the early days of putting in mainframes and computers mm -hmm. the size of a small room, yeah. breaking them down to get them in the door and, and getting stranded, someone's tie getting caught in a printer and almost mm -hmm. pulling them in. I mean, the, the, the stories are fantastic, but that history is there. And um, I think it's an important part moving forward to understand where you came from. Yeah. We can't change that. There's a reason why we've been around for 40 years. There may be other companies that are um, driving more profits and revenue and things like that, but we're still taking customers from them. Very few times do people leave us, and there's a reason why. Your retention is... Retention is off the charts. So in, in sales, a lot of times... I forgot to turn this off, so there you go. No, it's all right. In sales, people always say, oh, you got to have 
Obviously, revenue is key, right? Mm -hmm. From, from what, what I'm hearing from you is, because uh, it's a philosophy that, that I've always believed in, the best new revenue is often from your current clients. It's the upsell opportunities. Not, it's, it's much more difficult to bring in a current client. So if you're servicing, to bring in a new client, mm -hmm. if you're servicing your current clients, your revenues can grow. The, 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 the selling process for a new client, I'm not mm -hmm. saying you can't bring a new business, you, you, you do have mm -hmm. to. But a lot of times we forget about our current because we got to go get that new business. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, the current hasn't been serviced well enough and they're out. And you got the new one, mm -hmm. and they're out. And it's just, it's a, mm -hmm. it's a vicious cycle. Yeah, and I, I mean, um, complacency kills. And complacency is something for me that is, um, I can't accept it. But because of our foundation of our customer base, it's not sell or die. We're providing great service, we feel is very valuable service to our customer base. We're going out and now we're making sure we're bringing on clients that are a good fit because to onboard somebody is expensive. To go find somebody is expensive. To lose somebody is expensive. We don't want to lose someone just because it wasn't a good fit. So we're, we're making sure going through the sales process that if there's any flags that we're not going to align very well, listen, we have other people that we know, contact this person, contact that person. Um, so it gives us the, um, um, the ability to pick and choose who we want to do business with, which I think is very important. If I'm working with a company that's just not a good fit, we know it, it's expensive. And it doesn't help anybody out. Why would we have that relationship? So. All right, so we'll, we'll, I, I want to get to, and we'll wrap it up here. Mm -hmm. You had your own business. Mm -hmm. um, what was the life cycle of that? What's the situation? Why are you here? Mm -hmm. what's, what's going on? Yeah, so um, in 2005, I, I started working at Copeland in 2001. Um, I have entrepreneurship in, in my family. Um, at that point in time, and still today, I'm, I'm a very driven individual. Um, you know, I have ideas, and, and I want to push those ideas, and it's very difficult for others around me to, to be like, listen, you know, okay, we can't do everything you want to do, you know, and it kind of it um, causes some, um, um, some confrontation. Mm -hmm. Um, I decided, hey, I, I saw a market for document management, electronic records management, things like that, and um, was pushed by a, a friend of mine to say, hey, you should, you should do this. So I, I, I got going on that. For, you know, it's still around today. Um, it's growing. It's doing very well. Um, but at some point in time, I, I didn't, I, I realized I didn't plan enough. I wasn't prepared enough for what was going to happen. Um, it was a very challenging time. Um, there were years where I was eating ramen noodles and tuna fish for dinner. Um, you know, it was, and um, my, my um, girlfriend at the time, or fiance at the time, now my wife, um, we had some rough years where all my friends are out buying houses, buying cars. I'm driving a $300 Dodge Omni. And so there's a lot of sacrifice up front. Then we wanted to have kids and we realized, listen, this isn't going to happen this way. So I took on a second job. Um, then the business started to take off, obviously, when you stop paying mm -hmm. attention to it. Um, and then a few years ago, I came back to Copeland um, to kind of re-energize things and, and expand what I'm doing with my business in Copeland. So, What did you learn? Uh, I mean, to pick a few, um, planning and preparation 
um, having a plan in place, long-term, short-term term goals are important. Um, if, it's not, if, if you don't start with the end in mind, you, you don't know which path to take. Um, and then just how important it is to... Um, comfortability talking about money, I think, was, was a big thing. Um, you mean provi- with, with clients? Yeah, or? with clients. Um, not being afraid to say, this is how much the market pays for this type of service. Um, this is, this is, we provide a service, you need to pay in proper terms, asking for, for payment. Um, trying to be a, um, a, as accommodating as possible. I think if I were more fair and more transparent in the cost, and this is why the cost, and, and explain that better, I would have had more success. But the planning is definitely the biggest piece of it, for sure. Hmm. All right. I've asked you a lot of questions. Do you have any questions for me? <laughs> Not really. Um, you don't have to. No, that, that's pretty much it. All right. Anything you want to add? No, but thank you. Thank you for everything no, I you've appreciate done for your... us. I, I love these kind of talks. Um, um, I think it's important to get real with people um, and get personal because um, I don't think people connect unless you go deeper into yourself. You I'm with you. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. And that is our whole... Uh, when we're telling stories, I mean, we're not making up stories. We're yeah. telling stories... That's what we do, mm-hmm. right? That, yep. The Copeland story, what's mm-hmm. your story? We, we thought that data didn't match. You know, mm-hmm. That's why we changed the name to the technology and solutions. Aren't these pretty mugs? You know? um, but um, it's about authenticity. Mm-hmm. And what we, what we, part of what we're thinking is by doing things like this, you know, it's not obviously, a, we do have a light. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have little microphones, but it's not—it's not super high tech. Mm-hmm. It, uh, five, ten years ago, we might not have even been able to do this mm-hmm. you know, without super heavy expense. Um, but we're able to do it, and I think this format allows us just to talk. Mm-hmm. It allows authenticity. We're not—we're. This isn't going to be edited. You know, this mm-hmm. isn't, we're, we're not building a million dollar set for stuff like this. This is, we're trying to be mobile. We want to talk to people. It doesn't have to be anyone just in business. Mm-hmm. But the idea is just to, to have a talk and, and see, see what comes of it. And if people want to utilize some of what is said, then that's great. And if they don't, mm-hmm. that's great. Yeah. You know, if we connect with them, great. If we don't, yeah, And I think that's that okay. the, the authenticity comes from not expecting likes, not expecting right. people to make comments, not putting it out there to get people to reach out to us and call us, just to spend time in thought, mm-hmm. right? To, to, to um, provoke thought because um, it, I, I know for me, if I'm spending my day in technology and this and that, I'm not thinking about empathy. I'm not thinking about um, other aspects of me that I need to improve. And if I don't see or through some sort of medium um, if I, or, or platform, if I don't see somebody else's story and how it connected with them, I may not think on that side. And it's important to, to get different perspectives. I mean, for us right now, as you know, and we're, we're utilizing mm-hmm. uh, LinkedIn mm-hmm. because it's an opportunity for people in the business world just to kind of talk mm-hmm. and express what they think. Um, and if it leads to a connection, that's great. And if it mm-hmm. doesn't, that's okay too, if someone can take, so it's the same idea. Yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, something we talk about today may end up on LinkedIn as well. It might mm-hmm. be, or you can you can utilize some of it and, and put it on your website, mm-hmm. whatever it is. And and if that helps you and helps you tell your story and helps your brand, I don't think it that's did. a bad thing. It, so. it, it, 
it's helping to show people who we are. Right. It's, it's who we are. Um, we're not ashamed of it. We're excited about it. We're a little bit of nerds, a little bit of geeks, mm -hmm. you know. But um, you know, we, we 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 think differently, and it's who we are. If, if you don't like us, you can turn the page. If That's you don't right. like us, you can scroll. I say turn the page like it's right. the day of books and magazines and stuff. Yep. If you don't like Going it, you can scroll. It. You can you know thumb down. So uh, uh, I, I appreciate it. I think this is good stuff. All right, then we'll be back on maybe episode 102. 102. This is episode two, so we'll keep this going. Good time. All right, that's it for uh, session or episode two of Sidewalk Talk. Thanks to uh, our sponsor, Vandalay Industries, George and his team, helping us out big time to make sure this thing, uh, this thing happens. So until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Take Thank care. You.